0: Here is the church, here is the steeple, open the doors and see all the people. When I think about what is church, this childhood ditty starts to play in my head. And it's true, right? The church is a big brick building on a cobblestone street that has a steeple that has a a cross on the top of it, and a bell that rings to welcome the community. When we open the old wooden double doors, we see the sanctuary space flooded with light streaming in from all of the stained glass windows that surround the sanctuary. And the sanctuary is filled with people sitting in their pews. Okay, so maybe that's what the church looks like in my head. A combination of my childhood church and my grandmother's church meshed into one. But maybe your church looks a little different. Maybe your church looks more like a brick building with a peaked roof and a huge cross attached to it. When you open the glass doors, you see lime green carpet and all the people sitting on the left side and the right and really no one ever sits in the middle. Or maybe your church looks like a brick building with a steeple and a bell tower. When you open the doors, the high ceiling draws your eyes to the Good Shepherd stained glass above the altar and the people are typically sitting More in the back than they are in the front. Regardless of what our churches look like in our heads, when we think about what is the church, our immediate thoughts go to a building, to a structure in which we worship within. But is that the church? Is that truly what it means when we talk about the church? Or is the church more than mortar and bricks? Today we begin a new sermon series called We Not Me, Rethinking Church. The purpose of this four-week sermon series is to gain a new understanding of what it means when we talk about the church. To rethink the way that we, as the church, envision and talk about the church, specifically our own, and what it means to be church together. I feel that it's important for us to have this conversation because to quote Kelly Fryer, author of the book Reclaiming the C Word, Daring to be Church Again, we have lost track of what the church is supposed to be about. We have lost, or rather, we have become the church of that childhood ditty about a building and a steeple. We have become a church where, if we open the doors, all the people are stuck inside, making demands about our preferences of style of worship and worship times, how church can fit into our busy schedules, and unintentionally, or maybe intentionally, not caring about our neighbors in need, as God has called us to do, but caring only about our needs and our wants. Now, I'm not saying these things to blame or shame us or even to make any of you angry, but but to speak truth about what the church has become, to help us to rethink God's desire for the church, what we are called to do as church, and to help us to be the church today. In the book of Ezra, the Israelites are returning to their land after being exiled by the Babylonians. As they return, they begin to rebuild. And, as, and part of rebuilding brought joy to the people as they were able to see that God was doing a new thing in and through them. But it also brought deep sorrow as they saw how they strayed from what God intended for them. They saw their weakness, their failures, and their faults. As we rethink what it means to be church, we too will experience sorrow and joy, admitting our mistakes and how we have strayed from God, yet embracing a new thing and a new way of being church, reclaiming our mission to be God's church in our community, sharing God's love beyond the walls of our church buildings. Today, we are going to start by rethinking church by digging into what is church? What does it mean to be the church? Now, this seems kind of like an easy answer, one that we've been conditioned to answer, much like saying Jesus for every children's sermon question. We know that the church is not a building or a steeple. The church is God's people. We know this. We have been taught this time and time again. The church is the people of God who are being transformed by the Holy Spirit to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ in word and deed. But while we know this, the reality of how we live this out is completely different. Our functional definition of the church is brick and mortar, windows and walls, pews and carpets. And somewhere along the way, We have confused brick and mortar with flesh and blood. We've invested more in our personal wants and needs for what our church ought to be than investing in the broken souls in need of God's unconditional love. When our definition of church is a building, then as Friar states, we have allowed the church to become an institution, and that institution exists primarily to meet my needs. My church building becomes my social club, where I get to demand that everyone who joins it must look and sound like me. My church becomes the place where I get to run the show and my agenda is the only one that matters. My church becomes my safe haven from the storms of life. And so I work hard to make sure nothing ever changes there. When we see church in this light, It becomes something that we go to once a week. It becomes a destination, a commodity, an idol that we worship. It becomes all about us and not about God at all. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this is our reality. Our church is not about the people, the people here or even the people beyond our walls. But rather, it's about our buildings these four walls, and how we try to preserve them. We have unintentionally stopped living God's mission and instead made the church an idol and a commodity, which we do whatever we can to protect. And this isn't just true of Faith Lutheran Church, but of many churches across the world. As Fryer states in her book, We put in our time and we pay our dues and do everything we can to make sure that nothing threatens the church buildings that we love. We silence dissension. We fend off controversy. We avoid conflict. We shun risk. We tolerate even the worst behavior if it means to keep the peace. We choose the safe thing even when we know in our hearts it isn't the right thing. We are hell-bent on protecting the church, even as it gets difficult for us to hear the cries of the world outside of our doors. Cries for help, for wholeness and justice, for a God who can make things right. It becomes almost impossible to see people out there who are dying, not only of hunger, but of hopelessness. We pour so much of our energy into keeping things together in here, that it's no wonder that we have little left for the world out there. We know this isn't right. We know that the church we have made so important is not the church that God has called us to be. We know that the church is not about our buildings, whether those buildings are on the corner of 5th and Madison or on Green Road. The church is the people the people that live out God's mission to love and bless the world. Yet it's going to require radical rethinking and reprogramming and transformation within the church for us to be the church we're called to be, the church that God desires. The church that we have been called to be is the church that we find in Acts 2, the church that gathered for the festival of Pentecost, and were filled with the Holy Spirit. The church that could not be contained by the walls of the room that they were gathered in, that they poured out into the streets, telling everyone they saw about Jesus and the wonderful news of God's love. They baptized many people, as, as many people as they could. And they didn't worry what others thought of them. They didn't have an impressive program for people to join. They didn't elect someone to lead them nor did they care about proper training. They didn't worry about having a nice building to invite people into, compelling worship with liturgy done perfectly, or songs that inspire everyone. Instead, they did what the Spirit empowered them and led them to do, to share the good news of God, to care for the sick and the suffering, the outcast and the hungry, the unchurched and the church, They were being the church and sharing God's love. And it didn't stop there. The people continued to baptize others. They daily devoted themselves to spending time together. They gathered in the temples to share stories of God's love and the people that they were meeting. They gathered in each other's homes for meals and prayers. They supported one another and all who they baptized. All of God's beloved children. The church of Acts, the church that God calls us to be, is the people of God who are living into Jesus' command to go and make disciples of all nations. The people who are being transformed by the Holy Spirit to proclaim the gospel of Jesus in word and deed beyond brick and mortar buildings. This is God's desire and will for God's people. And that includes us. So, church, I wonder. I wonder if we, those gathered as a congregation called Faith, are ready to live into the truth of what it means to be church. Because the reality is, we are not. We are currently living in the view of a church as a building and a structure, an idol that we worship and adore. Are we serious about changing the landscape of what the church has become, rethinking and living differently as church together? Are we ready to be the church in the world and not the church controlled by the world? Are we serious about making this transformational change, a change that will mean thinking differently about what it means to be church, A change that will mean doing things different within our congregation. A change that will mean living differently every day beyond these walls in the world that God loves. Are we ready to be church so filled with the Holy Spirit that we cannot be contained by walls, spreading God's love and grace, providing hope for the hopeless, and tending need tending to the needs of the broken? Or are we okay to remain the church with a steeple? Or if we open the doors, we see the people not fulfilling their purpose or answering the call that God has asked them to be a part of? Amen.